I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And I'm Kelly Kleiman. And we're the Dueling Critics. Welcome to our weekly podcast of reviews and news about Chicago theater. And today we're talking about the world premiere of The Gospel of Loving Kindness by Marcus Gardley, playing at Victory Gardens Theater through March 30th. The Gospel of Loving Kindness tells the story of two young men and their mothers, all trying to escape the limited opportunities provided by their Chicago neighborhood. Noel, son of Mary, is a classical music prodigy who has sung at the White House. That's the opening of the show, and it's very upbeat. When he's killed by somebody who wants his new Air Jordan sneakers, his mother begins a crusade to end the violence in the neighborhood. She gets a hand from the ghost of Ida B. Wells Barnett, who was a crusader against lynching in the early 20th century. But Mary gets precious little help from anybody who's actually living around her, including her husband. Meanwhile, Emmanuel, son of Miriam, is trying to stay out of trouble while at the same time trying to stay out of his mother's clutches, as any young man would want to do. Jonathan, talk about your responses. I found this play becoming more and more vague as it proceeded through its time and space. I liked the production. It was directed by Che Yu, and I love the cast. I think there was some outstanding work. And I was a little bit fooled by the opening, let's say the first 10 minutes or so, because they are so highly amusing. And I thought we were heading into a comedy, and then it switched very suddenly and very rapidly into something else. Much of the play is told through subtext. The grieving mother in the play, actually both the mothers are grieving in their own ways. One has actually physically lost her son, and the other emotionally or spiritually has lost her her son, even though he's still alive. The grieving mother expresses very little of what is actually in her heart. So, so much of the play depends on projecting the subtext of the characters, what they are feeling, what they are thinking that is not spoken in words. They do a very, very good job of this, but the mystical presence of Ida B. Wells and the exact coming together of these mothers who are grieving in their separate ways, it just uh, befuddled me, I guess. I'm not sure I was befuddled. As the names show, Noel and Mary, Emmanuel, son of man, as the names show, the characters aren't really characters. They're archetypes. There's the martyr son and the martyr-turned-activist mother. There's the good boy gone wrong and the helpless mom. And when their paths cross, their responses seem surprise, scripted rather than genuine because the setup is so formulaic. Now, I understand that this is not intended to be a naturalist drama. The appearance of a ghost makes that much clear, but it's not a magic realism setup either, and maybe that's what you mean by vague. The play is a gospel, just as the title says. It's a sermon on the costs of current policy towards young African-American men and the neighborhoods. And the central point of the play comes through when Cheryl Lynn Bruce, as the activist mom, rejects the idea of imprisoning her son's killer, and she says, how will one more black man in prison solve anything? Now, there's nothing wrong with sermons, but I don't expect them at the theater. Well, Kelly, you actually have clarified it for me, because I didn't take 
the title, the gospel of loving kindness, in a literal sense. You're saying it snaps it into focus, really. And the names, as you pointed out, are all biblical, but they are divided. You left out also the name of Miriam. One of the characters is named Miriam, and the father of the deceased, the boy who was murdered, is Joe, or Joseph. I missed Joseph and Mary. So the biblical names are also separated, divided between Old Testament names, like Miriam, right? and New Testament names. The first 10 minutes is so delightful and so well-written and lively and natural that the rest of the play reads as a kind of letdown, notwithstanding exceptional performances, not only from Cheryl Lynn Bruce, who is always brilliant, but from Jacqueline Williams as the mother of the uh, killer young man. And the young man himself, who is played, actually both men, are played by the same actor. Tosin Morohonfula, who we have seen before in Chicago and has a tremendous vitality on stage. He can do the comedy, he can do the tragedy, as really all of the characters can. Suffice it to say, I didn't realize until I looked at the program that the two young men were the same actor. Cheryl Lynn Bruce, who plays the central figure, the Mother Mary, Mother Mary, how about that, seems to be specializing in these hard-pressed women who are facing spiritual crises. We keep in mind that the last major role that we saw her in was the world premiere at Steppenwolf about a year ago of Head of Passes, which was a play in which she played a Job-like figure a play which literally questioned the very existence of God. The gospel of loving kindness does not question the existence of God, but again, Cheryl Lynn Bruce is the character weighing the spiritual values versus her personal faith and her wrestling with grief. Well, and I would argue more broadly that the women are the subjects of the play and the men are the objects. Obviously, the young men, and even the husband, played exceptionally well by Ernest Perry, is blown about by the wind while his wife is taking action on behalf of their dead son. There are very strong performances, as we've made clear. The direction is impeccable, which must be the case when all four performances are very strong. The problem is the play. Although I acknowledge Marcus Gardley's right to write a gospel or a sermon, it's not what I look for in the theater. The world premiere of The Gospel of Love and Kindness continues on the main stage at Victory Gardens Theater at the Biograph through March 30th. Kelly, do you have a pick this week? I absolutely do. Congo Square Theater is making one of its rare reappearances. And just on that ground alone, you should go see King Hedley II. But the truth of the matter is this relatively late play of August Wilson's gets the best production from Congo Square that could possibly be imagined. I saw King Hedley II when it was done at the Goodman Theater, and it seemed like the most worn-out, rote Production, and I couldn't imagine why August Wilson had gone on writing his cycle of one play for every decade in Pittsburgh. This version of King Hedley II, under the direction of Daniel Bryant, completely changed my view of the play. This is a not to be missed production, and it runs only through April 6th at the Athenaeum Theater in West Lakeview. I've heard very good things about this production as well. I have seen several productions of King Hedley the second. It's one of the plays from August Wilson's century cycle that is done the least because it is a complete out-and-out 
tragedy, and therefore not that easy for the audience to watch and to accept. Well, and this is a spectacular cast, including the actor Trinity Murdoch, whom we see very often in musical roles at Black Ensemble Theater, but whom I haven't had a chance before to see in a really meaty, dramatic role, and he absolutely shines. So I cannot recommend King Hedley II at Congo Square Theater strongly enough. Don't miss it. Jonathan, you have a pick as well. I am recommending Dessa Rose, the musical being presented by Bailiwick Chicago at Victory Gardens Christiansen's Theater, the smaller upstairs theater, and running through April 5th. This is a musical written by Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty, who also wrote Ragtime, which has been their big huge super hit, and also Once Upon This Island. It is based on a novel. It is set in the years of slavery in the South, 1847, about a teenage young slave woman, Dessa Rose, who goes through the most terrible suffering and deprivation, death of family members, separation, her child uh, uh, almost taken from her. She escapes slavery. She murders several white people along the way. She nurtures a huge and deep hatred for all things white in the world. And then through a series of situations, she's thrown, forced into a friendship with a white woman her own age or just a year or two or or just a year or two older and the play really it's really a, a a woman's story of the growth of the relationship and friendship between the two of them musically Aaron's and Flair to write beautiful and tuneful scores musically it's something of a warm up for ragtime you can sense some of the musical themes and ideas and orchestrations which doesn't keep it from being brilliantly and lovingly produced by Bailiwick Chicago. So if you are fans of the other musicals of Flaherty and Errands, you certainly will be a flan you certainly will be a fan of Dessa Rose. The production is beautifully put together by Lillian Brown, the artistic director of Bailiwick Chicago, and musical director James Moorhead. And the cast is lovely, cast of a dozen people. The show looks good and musically sounds good and is an earnest drama of the friendship over and in spite of conflict between two young women. Dessa Rose produced by Bailiwick Chicago at the Victory Gardens Christensen Theater and running through April 5th. The Dueling Critics Podcast is a production of Miracle Podcasts. Remember, if it's a good podcast, it's a miracle. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or go to duelingcritics.net and click subscribe by email to have us delivered to your mailbox hot and fresh every Friday morning. You can also listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at Dueling Critters, and you can like us on Facebook. I'm Kelly Kleiman. And you can read Kelly's work at HuffingtonPost.com and at ChicagoNow.com slash The Nonprofiteer. I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And you can read Jonathan at WindyCityTimes.com, TheaterMania.com, and Footlights.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>